Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Two Toms, One Ash, where we talk all things NFL fantasy football during the season. But now it's playoffs, it's very little fantasy football. On this episode, we'll review last weekend's divisional round games before moving on to this upcoming weekend's championship matchups. Also on this episode, and for the very first time, we'll be handing out some awards. You can still reach us on hello at twotoms1ash.com. Hopefully you're enjoying the playoffs as much as we are, um, so just let us know. Have you had any big bets come in? Um, or maybe even just drop us an email moaning about your own team and how they've got on. Right, that's enough from just me. On we go. So looking back at last weekend's games, um, let's start off with Jags Chiefs. So, so the Chiefs win 27-20 looked like it could have been uh, not quite an upset but Mahomes getting injured and what looked like initially quite a serious injury if that had been his season over then more than likely the Chiefs season opener um, over as well Um, but the Jags did make it a decent game at school did you watch this one and what did you make of it? Yeah, watched it, good game it wasn't quite the shootout that I, I hoped it was going to be but it was still Still a really exciting game and uh, quite a close game as well. They uh, basically had backed uh, both Mahomes and uh, Lawrence to get three touchdowns each. Obviously, that didn't happen, but um, no no short of action. I think um, two good sides, obviously, cream rises to the top, doesn't it? And your name on the pod today, Tom, kind of says it all. Travis Kels, what a player. What a performance. And uh, when you've got somebody like that on your side, um, any players like that is is unstoppable. And uh, it it didn't really matter that Mahomes went went off, came back on. He can play on one leg, no problem. So, um, yeah, good game, enjoyed it. And as I think I mentioned last week, I thought it could be one step too far for the Jags. It turned out to be, but uh, they can be proud of themselves this season. It's been such a such a turnaround from last season, and uh, a lot a lot to build on for next. Yeah, no doubt. And and I know it was a two score game late on in the fourth, but but the Jags had that fumble on the five yard line with five minutes remaining, um, and then even just two minutes later with Trevor Lawrence with a bit of a desperate interception, which you can't blame him. Kind of, he had to really go for it, but. It's a few little moments like that that just shows how Jags, how close the Jags came against a very good Chiefs team. Um, Charlie, thoughts as well. It, it was maybe Jags looking good for next season. This season wasn't really about much of a playoff push, I want to thought, but look like they're in a really good position for the start of next season. Yeah, definitely. Um, the, obviously, being from the UK and the Jags being the UK team, um, it's nice to see them doing well, although none of us really support them in the UK. Um, the yeah, it's, it's just it's nice to see them doing good. It, it makes the games more interesting. Obviously, they're over here at Wembley um, every year, so yeah, it makes it a bit more exciting to go and watch them. There's, they've got talent coming through. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence this year has uh, stepped up into that role that people were expecting of him. Uh, obviously. Not really shown that last year, so good to see that he's starting to play like the the player that was sort of predicted, and uh, and they've they've done some good business. They've picked up Kirk, um, who who's the the number one receiver for him, uh, and they're building around that. And and yeah, it, it's it's a franchise that seems to be on the up. They've got strength all across uh, all across up, uh, offense and defense. Uh, very strong defense. Um, Josh Allen is uh, is awesome on defense for him, and um, yeah, ETN running back. So yeah, strength all across the board, and and uh, they're an exciting team to watch as well, especially with Doug at the helm. Um, you never quite know what he's going to call um, those fourth down plays. Uh, it makes it exciting to watch, but uh, yeah, it's definitely a team that. You've definitely got weapons that you can pick up on fantasy, and uh, and I don't think they're going to particularly be hanging around for long, especially the likes of ETN. 
Um, and I think Kirk will probably go higher than he did last year uh, based on his performance this year with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, totally. And and maybe it comes down a little bit to look, but that division that they're in as well, um, the Titans only seem to be going in one direction. Texans are the Texans. Colts, I think they should be doing better than they have been doing, but we, you could have said that for the last few seasons. So so in a good division for them as well um, to, to solidify really that, that what AFC South uh, for a few years to come for sure. Uh, so moving over to the other AFC game and the Bills against the Bengals. So the Bengals went out to a pretty quick 14-0 lead um, and then just kept that lead really all the way through, ended up with a 27-10 win. Um, the Bills been favourites and favourites at home, albeit we did predict, I'm not sure how confidently, predict a Bengals win. Um, but the surprising fact for me, I thought, was a lot of passing. I know they're both passing pass-first offences, but um, but in that snow, in the terrible weather, they were still passing it and and doing it successfully. Um, Scully, thoughts on this one? I know you were you were pretty confident on a Bengals win, um, but well, you couldn't be more right, really. It's a bit of a blowout, really. Yeah, I said it wouldn't be close, and um, it wasn't. They were excellent. From start to finish, they dominated the game. Um, Joe Burrow, he's got to be up there with the best quarterbacks currently at the moment. I know we say how good Patrick Mahomes is, but as just a quarterback, I don't think there's anyone better than Joe Burrow. Just He's fantastic. He proper drives that team. He's so cool. Um, but again, the weapons that they have... Higgins, Chase, Boyd, ridiculous, Mixon, uh, who's the, the other running back that they have, Piran or whatever. Yeah, yeah they, they're, just, they're just very, very good. And it's all come together for them again, like last season at the right time. Um, shaky start, gone from strength to strength. And um, this next, I know I'm not going to talk about the, the next game just yet, but this next game, is is going to be one to watch because it's probably the two best quarterbacks at the moment going up against each other. But yeah, it's a shame for Josh Allen. I said it last week that everything everything's him, everything runs through him. It's like he's got the weight of the team on his shoulders and he feels that responsibility because outside of him, who's he got? Maybe Diggs, who's obviously elite, but can't go to that one guy every time so he's going to make mistakes he's going to try to do too much because he has to there's no one else that's going to do it and um, unfortunately I think until they start to build around Josh Allen get him some talent to work with um, I don't think they're going to be able to take that next step they need to they need to be more of a team basically yeah, and they're quickly falling into that category, aren't they, of kind of same old Bills like they were in the early 90s with with a tremendous team, but they've just, well, they've not even made the Super Bowl yet the last few seasons that they've been so good. Admittedly, they've got tough opposition every year, but it, it's another it's another year that they've not even made the championship game, um, despite how successful the regular season's been. Um, it, I found as well, actually, watching that game that throughout the season, you, we're just watching Red Zone every week that you just kind of see the highlights. But watching a, that game in full, um, I was impressed as well as much as anything with the Bengals play calling, whether it's that, because we talked about the offensive line of the Bengals being a bit banged up and uncertain. But the gimmicky plays really with the sweeps or the dunking and diving or the play action, whatever it was, it, it just didn't put much pressure on that offensive line of the Bengals um, and equally on the defensive side of the Bengals as well, did a very good job with no, no huge names really, but Jesse Bates. Um, I think he might've even made the pro bowl again, um, Eli Apple, but no, no huge names. But as you said, for them to slow down the bills um, and to allow, allow them just 10 points, that's huge for the, for the defense, especially when, as you say, as, as the game that's coming up to next, Charlie, if you were the Bills and part of Bills Mafia and what have you, should you be worried? I guess a little bit different to the Jags, but the Bills have got in their division Pats that are always going to be there, the Dolphins that are, look like they're up and coming, and then the Jets that, depending on what they do at quarterback, could be a 
a tough opposition for them as well. Could this be the end of an era for the Bills? I don't know if it's the end of an era, but the the it was just very disappointing. I mean, the game was really frustrating to watch. I'm not I'm not a Bills fan, um, as in I, I like the Bills, but I, I, they're not my team. Although I I felt like I wanted them to play well. I wanted them with everything that had happened with uh, Demar and um, the the fact they'd been the favourites. They've not been at the Super Bowl. They've been out of it for so long. It, it's just felt really frustrating to watch. I wanted it to be a better game and it just wasn't. Um, and just looking at what the Bills did, um, nobody particularly performed at all. Um, you look at rushing-wise, there's only Josh Allen over 25 yards and he only got 26. Hmm. Um, in terms of receiving, your top receivers, Stefan Diggs, 35 yards for the game. Like the highest receiver was Dawson Knox with sixty-five. Like that's that's nothing. They just couldn't get anything going on offense at all. Um, defensively, they weren't doing any, anything spectacular, and they've got some great players on on defense as well. Uh, Matt Milano, uh, Edmonds, both top players, and they just couldn't seem to make big plays. I know we, you you just mentioned about the Bengals uh, O line, and there's been some. Uh, concerns around that, and obviously the, the uh, injuries as well. They were fantastic. Um, yeah, they, they did put some trick plays in, but the the, uh, the Bills' defense got nowhere near him. I think Burrow got sacked once in in the whole game. Which, when you bear in mind that the Bills' defense as they are, and the the slating that the Bengals' offense offensive line have had, like, that's an unbelievable stat for him to hold the Bills to only sacking. Burrow once, yeah, that comes down to Burrow as well, and the and the play calls, but they just they just looked a far better team. And uh, in terms of the Bills, it just felt like I said very disappointing. Uh, going forward, I don't I don't really know where they go from here, because like Scully said uh, last week and and, and uh, earlier, then everything is resting on Josh Allen's shoulders, uh, and one guy can't carry the team like that. The need, he needs to get some help because he's got his big player, he's got Stefan Diggs, but who else is he turning to? They've not got a star running back. They don't have somebody that can make those yards up for him. He's having to put it on his shoulders, he's having to carry that team himself. Going forward, unless they help him out, they're going to be in the same position year after year because one man is not going to win you the Super Bowl. They need an identity. That's that's the issue. They've got no identity. You don't know, other than, like you said, relying on Josh Allen. You don't know how they're going to play. Ash mentioned it. The team compared them probably to the team of the early 90s. They've not made four Super Bowls in a row like they did in the early 90s, but that team had an identity. It just happened to be that the NFC East at that point was probably the best division in football and probably that's ever seen. But the Bills had an identity. They pretty much... I invented the um, no-huddle offence. And that's how they used to play. And they used to bully teams and beat teams up by by that no-huddle offence. They were, they were brilliant. You can't say this Bills team's got any kind of identity. You don't know which team's going to turn up. Yeah, and it looks like um, on defence, it looks like Poyer, I think he might be done uh, in Buffalo. Uh, and, and in the off-season, obviously, they picked up Von Miller which was a big signing, albeit he's been injured. But that's that's not all in. Um, and I think Brandon Bean, surely if he looks around the rest of the NFL, what the Rams did last season, what a few other teams did this season, albeit unsuccessfully as well. But but that's not all in, just going out and buying a, uh, what, a free agent, 34-year-old pass rusher. They need, as we've said, really, if it is a, a running back, if it is another wide receiver, a, a huge name at tight end, um, something else that's just going to take them over the line because they are they are so close, aren't they? But that that window uh, will be closing, I'm sure, uh, no matter how old Josh Allen is. Um, okay, so let's stick with the AFC then, and let's move on to that championship round. And uh, and, it, and it is the Bengals against the Chiefs. So what a mouthwatering clash that is. Um, Scully, I'll stick with you then. So do you like the Bengals matchup for this round as well, or are they on? Borrowed time. 
Brilliant. <laughs> okay, just one for one. Right. One for one, unbelievable. No, I was really struggling with this matchup this week because um, I, I just I just can't call it. It's but it, people are saying Burrow's got Mahomes' number that. Um, that they know how to play against the Chiefs, they know how to beat against the, they know how to beat the Chiefs, and obviously that's been proven. But it's the Chiefs, and it's Mahomes, and it's Travis Kelsey, and, and it's Andy Reid, and I just think that it's happened too often for it to happen again. So um, I've been saying it's going to be a Chiefs Eagles Super Bowl, so I'm going to stick with my prediction for the last I don't know how many weeks and continue with that but I think it's going to be an amazing game it's going to be close it's the two best quarterbacks in the league for me going up against each other two probably most exciting teams uh, in the league going up against each other so um, yeah great game but KC to pip it yeah, they are the home team, aren't they? But um, but as we've seen this season and last, the Bengals have no problem playing away at all. Charlie, you agree? Chiefs favoured slightly? I'd love it to be the Chiefs. Um, I love Travis Kelsey, so I just want him to get... Uh, I, I want him to be... I, I want a New Heights Super Bowl, as I've said <laughs> before. Um, I'd, I'd love the Kelsey brothers to, to face off uh, in the Super Bowl but I'm going to go against the Chiefs. I've said it was going to be all along, but that high ankle sprain for Pat Mahomes, if he's not at top Mahomes, I think they could struggle. Defensively, the Chiefs haven't been good this year, which means if the Bengals do anything like they did against the Bills and come out and start like they did, it's going to be a bit of an uphill battle. And... If Mahomes isn't at his best, I'm I'm not sure that they can they'll be able to keep pace. I think it's going to be a very high scoring game, um, and I think both uh, both offenses will score. Um, I mean the weapons they've got they're, they're going to they're both unbelievable, um, and I I, re- I don't want it to happen. I can't I don't want the Bengals to be in the Super Bowl, <laughs> and then uh, I'm wishing it not to happen. But with with that little niggle to Mahomes, I think the Bengals could pip it. It could be, couldn't it? And and no one ever gets to the Super Bowl and ultimately wins the whole thing uh, just by fluking a few games. That you've got to be right on top of your game every single game, and and this one's certainly no different. So, um, okay, so um, we'll keep an eye on that one, and we'll certainly all be glued to the TVs this weekend for that game. But in terms of who goes through, we'll just have to wait and Kelsey. That was better. Okay. Uh, All right, let's move over to the NFC. And and we'll start off with Eagles against the Giants. So, well, this one certainly was a blowout. 38-7 to the Eagles. Hurts back in. Uh, The Giants had all the starters playing or or the first string playing, uh, unlike the second time they met this season. Um, But, yeah, 28-0 at halftime. The Giants... Maybe a little bit like the Jags, really. Just just one too far. Probably exceeded expectations all season. And uh, and this one, after the Eagles had a couple of weeks to prepare for, for anybody who they might have faced, but certainly the Giants, a familiar foe, uh, was just too much, really. Scully, was that how you saw it as well? Just, just pretty straightforward Eagles win? I don't think it was particularly straightforward. It was, it was in the end, but it was a thoroughly professional job by the Eagles. I don't think it was one I don't think it was one step step too far for, for the Giants. I think they just come up against a side that did an absolute number on them that were brilliant in all phases of the game and executed brilliantly. They I was really impressed with uh, with Philadelphia. Um I don't think it was particularly anything that the Giants did I mean they didn't they, it wasn't as if they could get going do you know what I mean it wasn't like they didn't get going they couldn't get going they weren't allowed to get going it was how good the Eagles were not particularly how bad the Giants were like you said it might be because they had a couple of weeks to prepare it might be 
home field advantage. It might be the fact that they're a divisional rival. They've played them twice. They play them every year. They've not lost to them for, for however long. All these things probably factor into it, but ultimately you've got to go out there and execute, and Philadelphia were fantastic. Um, what probably did help them is the fact that you only have to stop two players on offense, really. You stop Daniel Jones from playing. You stop Saquon Barkley from playing. You've, you've probably beat them. But with the way that they've been playing, you've still got to do that. That's not easy. So, um, no, congrats to Phil. They were, they were excellent. Yeah, and I think the good thing from an Eagles point of view is that Hurts obviously played, but he was then going in and forcing his way across the first down markers. And and he seemed to be confident in doing that rather than kind of the week before where he was a bit, or two weeks before, where he was a little bit nervous and wanting to rest that shoulder. So he was doing that and looked okay. Lane Johnson... Uh, right tackle, he was noticeably limping. Um, again, I, I don't think he'd be playing if he wasn't able to, but that is definitely going to be one that we just need to get through. Certainly this week coming, um, and then and then hopefully we'd need to get through the following week as well. But that looks like could be a big loss should anything happen to him early on. Um, Charlie, so on the Giants, really, so quite a few notable free agents coming up. So Daniel Jones being one of them, Barkley, Julian Love, who I've been very impressed with on defence, as well as a handful of others as well. This Dable-led Giants, are they are they the real deal? Are they good again next season, do you think? Or is this just a bit of a one-off for the Giants? I think it all depends on who they keep. Um because yes, he has got a good team ethos, but you've got to have some. They're playing in the in the NFL, and the, you've got to have some quality players. Um, because it doesn't matter how well your team work without the stars on the team, you, you're not going to do anything. Um, <clears throat> I think if they sign, if they sign Daniel Jones, possibly franchise tag Barkley. Uh, and keep that ethos going next year, then they could possibly build on it. They've got the experience of uh, the season that they've had and uh, the the run that they've had in the playoffs as well. Um, Experience goes a long way. Those players will have already had that and, and can take that into next year. So, yeah, if they can keep hold of the... uh, the big names, then yeah, they can possibly build on it. But I think if you lose those, I think that's it. You, you, your core of your spine of your team's gone, and uh, I don't think they'll they'll be able to replicate what they've done this year. Uh, the 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 game that they've just played against the Eagles, like Scully said, not particularly anything they did wrong. Um, it was purely that the Eagles, I think, had worked them out. Um, Looking at the week 14 score, 48-22, the Eagles absolutely dominated score there. And and they've just just did the same again. I think you can disregard the week 18 game where the Giants just rested everybody. But they just worked them out. They they, they knew who to stop. They knew how to do it. And the defence did what they've done all all season for the Eagles. They were uh, fantastic. And they, they just seemed to, everything seemed to work. And the Giants just didn't really get going. Um, but next year, obviously, they've got to play the Eagles twice. But <laughs> if, uh, if if other people's have other people don't work them out like the Eagles do, then yeah, potentially they can uh, they can make another run for the playoffs. Yeah, it was the first time that we, I think I'd seen all season really that Daniel Jones did look quite rattled, didn't he? Uh, what no touchdowns thrown and one interception was was probably the Daniel Jones of old, really. So, so yeah, maybe maybe some help somewhere, but totally agree. I think they need to keep what, certainly two or three of those players uh, and then add uh, to, to keep this going because let's face it, you get you get through to the divisional round. You're not playing next season just for fun or just to try and sneak into the playoffs again. You you. You're going to win the whole thing. That's what you're aiming for. Okay, so sticking with the NFC again. So we'll go to the 49ers-Cowboys game. So a very low-scoring game. Defences definitely up on this one. Um, But 49ers came out on top, 19-12 winners. Um, 
So looking at this one, <laughs> the, the the first bit that I wrote down really was another blocked extra point, which did make me chuckle for the Cowboys. Um, but on the flip side of that, really, so Robbie Gold for the uh, for the 49ers, very impressive again, which I think he has been throughout his career, especially in the playoffs. Uh, Scully, what did you make of this one? Did you see it the same kind of defences on top, just a lot steadier, especially maybe compared to the to the uh, to what the Chiefs Bengals uh, could produce really, but something a lot more. I don't know, reserved maybe? I thought it was a really good game, really exciting game. Like you said, defence is on top, so completely different type of entertainment, if you like, as a spectacle. But um, really enjoyed it. And it came down to which quarterback could keep the call under pressure uh, the most and, and be effective and efficient and well just just call under pressure like i mentioned and that was the rookie not the um the highly paid (laughs) veteran quarterback that um is meant to be leading this franchise to to the super bowl for the last what how many years so um no really enjoyed really enjoyed the game it was close it was they were in it until the end the cowboys they gave it a good go um just came down to me the differences between the two offences. I think the defences were quite evenly um, evenly matched. Um, they were both both excellent, but Brock Purdy was cool. No interceptions. I think you mentioned it, didn't you, Tom? <laughs> no interceptions for Purdy, two interceptions for Dak, and that, that was literally the, the difference. And um, that's, that's what won it for them. And unfortunately, the Cowboys are the side that get to January and their season just plummets in January once again. But are we are we sad to see it? Absolutely not. <laughs> nope. No, we're not. No, and you're right. Go on, Ash. No, I'm sorry. Just on the Cowboys, really. I know there's a lot of talk around that last play that they made, which was embarrassing. I'm not sure what they were even trying with the last play, but but even the second to last play, the pass to Dalton Schultz when he could have easily just put both feet down and it's obviously it's not in the end zone, but it could have been an extra, what, 20, 25 yards, a little bit further downfield. I thought it was equally embarrassing. Um, but but that last play probably just summed it up really. And, and from some of the social media, from some of the tweets, even coming out of the Cowboys, it, it doesn't look like they're particularly impressed with McCarthy or with Prescott. Um, but yeah, Charlie, what did you make of it all? Yeah, story of two defences. Uh, we talk about the the weapons that both teams have got on offense, but both defenses were fantastic. And the, the that's the reason the scores were relatively low. Um, the difference, like Scully said, I, I mentioned it after the, after the game, I put it on, uh, on our, our, our WhatsApp group. The, the, the difference was Purdy didn't turn the ball over. Purdy did not throw an interception. Dak threw two. Um, there's your difference. Regardless of what the, the outcomes of those were. I mean, I think the first one that, I mean, that was absolutely atrocious. He, the defenders in front of him and let's go of the before he even let's go of the ball. They only come away with three points there, but momentum's a huge thing. And uh, yes, Purdy didn't throw a touchdown. Dak did, but with the offense that they've got on the 49ers, he do, they're not expecting him to be putting uh, balls into the end zone. He, he can hand it off and, and they can score. Um, it's for me. It was. It came down to that defense, regardless of how good both teams were, uh, and the fact that Purdy, he didn't. He wasn't doing anything above and beyond what was expected of him. He wasn't pushing it. He was putting the ball in his best players' hands and letting them do the work. Um, and because it was so, because both defenses were so good. Um, it meant a lot of the time they weren't necessarily scoring, but it was about keeping that field goal, about keeping that position on the field, um, pinning teams back and and trying to start with a a better uh, position on the field. Um, And Purdy played that better than Dak did. Dak was trying to push, and that's why he threw those two interceptions. Um, Yeah, just just, um, really impressed with Purdy. Like I say, he's not doing anything spectacular. He's just keeping hold of that ball and put making the giving his team the best opportunity to win. But like you said, uh, Ben Tom, that first interception, which was shocking, right? That led to three points. 
Ash mentioned earlier that they missed another um, extra point, right? So they have three points and that extra point, that's four points that that equates to effectively. They've lost by seven points. So that last drive, they only have to get a field goal to tie. So it's those kind of mistakes that in, in the end, they, they cost you. And you talk about momentum, absolutely, that's important. But points on the board as well. It's, um, yeah, just this, they're their own worst enemy, I think, sometimes, the Cowboys. Yeah, and it feels like they're just kind of back in the NFC tombola, which um, which which luckily so far Eagles have come out on top of. But but every season it seems to change hands, change around. But I don't feel like the Cowboys are building towards anything. Certainly not with how it's ended anyway. Um, but on to the 49ers Eagles championship game. I've got to be honest. As impressed as I have been with Purdy, just kind of doing the basics, dumping it off and whatnot. I think based on last week's game against the Cowboys and, and nothing much more than that, and I'm, I'm well aware this might come back and bite me in the arse, I'm not nervous at all. I think that if if, oh. if, if, if Eagles can pressure Purdy, like which I know it's a different offensive line and, and 49ers offensive line is, is very impressive, but can pressure Brock Purdy the same way that we did Daniel Jones... We've got the defensive backs. We've got that those cornerbacks that are going to cover all receivers and not allow anyone three, four seconds to sit there in the pocket without getting flushed out or sacked. Um, and then even on offense as well, really, as good as the 49ers' defense was, Bose is probably your main threat, and he couldn't sack Dak Prescott last week. Um, and I think Eagles have got a deep threat that, that the 49ers haven't, and, and the Cowboys with Dak Prescott, probably haven't overly comfortably. Um, so, so based on the last two weeks' performances, I'm not, I'm not currently nervous. But, um, but still, we might be sat here next week talking about a totally different game. Uh, Scully, Eagles 49ers, I'm going to guess you don't see it the exact same way that I do. No, I do. Eagles, um, from what I've seen from the two, the two games, the two sides this season. Both probably the most complete sides, if you like, in um, in the league. And I've talked about the Chiefs and the Bengals being probably the most exciting sides in the league with with the best quarterbacks. But in terms of playing on all all phases up both sides of the ball, etc., I think the 49ers and the Eagles are the most complete sides. But for me, I think the the Eagles have just that bit extra and for me that's Jalen Hurts so um, I think they'll do it I think the Eagles and again I've backed it for a long time it's going to be uh, an Eagles Chiefs Super Bowl Lovely stuff Charlie do you agree as well? Not exactly with what you're saying I don't think you're going to run away with it I think it's going to be a very similar uh, sort of game to the Cowboys Niners Um, both very strong defences um, I do think the Eagles will win. I think purely the comparison between Hertz and Purdy, Hertz can do more than Purdy can, and I also think w- along with that that deep threat, obviously Devonta Smith, AJ, um, d- got it. They've they've got those players that he can make that big pass to, and and I think that essentially is what's going to win it. Um, his ability to run, so it gives defences something different to think about. They're not purely basing it on um, the running backs. They've got to watch, is he going to hand it off? Is he going to keep it? And I think that little, it's it's a split second, and that can make the difference between your third converting a third down. So I think it, it, it comes down to Hurts at the end of the day, against Purdy. As much as I like Purdy, I like what he's been doing. Um, I'm not sure that just doing enough will get him over the line against the Eagles. Um, so I do think you'll win, but I don't think you're going to run away with it the way you maybe see it. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully, with it being in Philadelphia as well, it is advantage Eagles. So if the 49ers are going to get any sort of result out of this weekend's game, they're going to need more than a little bit of luck. Oh, God. No. No. Shocking. (laughs) 
Let's now take a look at our awards for this this fantasy football season that we've just had. So, Charlie, I'll come to you first. And the first one up is tight end of the year. Who are you picking? I mean, it's not really a competition, is it? Um, Got up. Uh, no. Um, Friar Joker. No. Um, the guy's just an absolute hero. Um, we 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 all listen to their podcast. Um, he's he's scoring this year between him and second place is in our league anyway. With our scoring, is over a hundred points difference. So between so he's the number one overall scoring tight end with three hundred and sixteen points. Behind him is TJ Hawkinson with two hundred and fifteen. That's absolutely ridiculous. He's a gate. He's a league winner. If you have got Travis Kelsey as a tight end, the chances are you will be in or around your Super Bowl matchup. Um, he's he's bait. He's a cheat code for fantasy. He does. Everything that a tight end that you want from a tight end, and he's better than most receivers. Um, his yards after the catch, the guy's a beast. Like he catches the ball and just runs through people. Um, he's the route running, the catching, everything. There isn't a weakness to his game other than he doesn't like blocking or getting hit, um, according to what he says. Um, but yeah, the, there's not really. Another option is there. Travis Kelsey, what a man. Um, I, I certainly He's certainly someone I want to be picking up next year after having him last year. He'd be wide receiver five, and he's he's 0.1 off being wide receiver four. You've got Jefferson, Jefferson Hill, Adams, Diggs is 0.1 higher than, uh, than Kelsey scoring. Well, well, if it's fantasy or just real life, really, yeah, th- those conversations around best tight end aren't really there anymore. It is best pass catcher, or, or like you said, really in the top five, top ten pass catchers. Um, yeah, and I, th- I guess he's getting on a little bit in age, but by the sounds of it, his energy, his enthusiasm, his health, everything's still there. So there's no doubt whatsoever that next season's going to be more of the same for sure. It's a good choice and good way to kick us off. Scoling, let's come over to you and let's go quarterback of the year. Couple of choices I could have gone for here. There's there's the obvious ones which I, I didn't want to do. Um so I wanted to go for somebody that we would have never thought could have even been in this conversation at the beginning of the season. And there were a couple of them as well. But for me it's gotta be Gino. He's um he's had an exceptional year is um, obviously got the Seahawks to the uh, to the playoffs um, obviously didn't work out for them but um, who'd have thought they'd have been in the playoffs this year who'd have thought he'd have had the year that he's had this year so um, I don't want this to be a most improved player but for me he's been the most impressive quarterback versus expectations this year so yeah Gino Smith yeah, great choice, and and yeah, I think like you said that your Mahomes hurts Allen. Uh, I'm sure we're in consideration being up there, and and I am a little surprised you didn't go Daniel Jones, but but please you didn't go him, otherwise it would have just completely taken over. Um, okay, so we'll move on to bust of the year, and and I'm picking this one. So so a few notables really that I that I considered so Najee Harris was one um Kyle Pitts as well so a lot of talk around him before the start of uh, our draft he was picked up in uh, middle of the 5th by Howarth uh, I know he got injured but um, but was pretty awful all season Alan Robinson another one big expectations going into LA um again injuries towards back end of the season but not a great season even before then um, but I went for, and it can only be one player, but Jonathan Taylor. So he was our number one overall pick by Rich, which who was eventually traded away at some point throughout the season. And and I was a little bit surprised, actually, when looking at it. He was the 30th ranked running back. I thought he'd been a bit f- further back than that even, um, especially having missed five games. So he averaged 13 points a game. So so not awful, but certainly not not a score that you'd be wanting your number one running back to be getting. And 
and you'd have thought as well on an improved Colts team. Um, I know that we did say beforehand we didn't expect him to hit the heights that he did last season, but certainly a lot better than those figures. Um, and an, an understandable number one overall pick, I think there wasn't anyone else nailed on at the start of the season, but um, he's my bust of the year. Charlie, back to you, and uh, let's go rookie running back of the year. Couple of choices here. Um, Brees Hall was up there, would have been up there. I think he, he would have probably been my pick had he have not picked up that injury and missed, uh, obviously, the second half of the season. He uh, he looks like somebody that I, I certainly be keeping an eye on for next year if he comes back to full fitness. It's always difficult for a running back to come back after an injury like that. Um, hopefully, he can uh, recover in this off season and, and then kick on from uh, his start to his rookie year. He, he certainly looked the, the real deal. Um, other than him, uh, Pacheco, somebody that's picked up towards the back end of the year. Um, I know I picked him up earlier in, uh, in the season, then dropped him and then picked him back up again. Um, he's somebody that I'll be looking at next year. Uh, Damien Pierce, another guy uh, who done well, has done well, but for me, it was between two, really. Um, one of them, not so much a rookie, or both of them. So, Travis Etienne gets it for me. I'm sticking with the Travis. Yes, I know he it was his second year, but he didn't play. So, I'm still classing him as his rookie season. Um, Cop out. He didn't play last year. He didn't play one regular season game. He was injured in the preseason, so it's still surely his rookie year in the NFL. Um, not played a not played a snap as a uh, in a regular season as a, a running back. Um, in terms of those people I've mentioned, he he's up there. He finished joint. He finished seventeenth overall uh, running backs uh, in terms of points scored. And not just that, I think the way that he's he's scored points as well. Um, I like what the Jags are doing and and what he brings to that team. Um, So, yeah, exciting. And, uh, yeah, you can call me a cop-out, but for me, he's he's, uh, he's still a rookie. (laughs) He He definitely built on his rookie year this year, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) That one that he didn't perform in. Well, either way, I mean, what a great crop of uh, rookie running backs. And and even in addition to that list that you said, what, your Brian Robinson, Rashad White, uh, James Cook even, as someone who doesn't fully follow the draft beyond, certainly beyond the second round, I know Brees Hall got a lot of talk, but apart from that, I couldn't have named anybody beforehand. But to say how big of an impact a lot of those players have had this season is 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 incredible, really. So, so yeah, we'll see who's out of the draft this year round. Uh, Scully, over to you and uh, and rookie wide receiver or second year of someone who didn't play last year wide receiver. Don't worry, I'll stick to the rules. <laughs> so, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with a guy that I've been back in from before before the draft before. Um, before the season, which is uh, Chris Olave, I think he's he's been outstanding. He's been in a very strange situation in terms of quarterback, but uh, he's still been able to deliver in terms of fantasy, and um, he's very much shown that he's their their go-to man in that Saints offense. Um, I think he's yeah, he's he's delivered on expectations. He's potentially even exceeded expectations. So. Really, really, really like him. It was probably again between him and and the other person that I was really up on uh, at the beginning of the season and before the draft, which was Garrett Wilson. Uh, also had an exceptional rookie season, but Olave for me has just pipped it. Yeah, another tremendous crop of uh, position skill, position players really in wide receiver, wasn't there? And uh, I think you had half of them on your roster score at the start of the season, didn't you? So, so yeah, so maybe a good, a good person to pick that one for sure. Uh, okay, so let's have a look at my boom player of the year. So surprisingly good player of the year. So 
A couple of note or a few notables here. So first one being Josh Jacobs, drafted 67th overall, finished as running back three. Uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, which I know we've spoke about before. I had him and you picked Kyler Murray up before me, Charlie. I literally toss of a coin. It could have been either one. Uh, and I'd have been happy with either one at the start. But luckily, uh, I got the right one. Uh, and the other one as well, so Stevenson. So Stevenson, Ramondre Stevenson, was drafted 97th overall by Rich and finished as running back nine, scoring 14 points per game. So, so that's huge really and it was very close to Bean Stevenson for me however I went for the undrafted Justin Fields finished QB9 scoring 22 points a game um, there was a lot of talk beforehand Fields, Lance, those types of players what are they going to be like as rookies on well Fields on a bad team we knew that he had legs but what, what were they like how effective were they going to be but um, but he just kind of once he come in, he he pretty much took over fantasy and took over the Bears. And next season, I can imagine that he's going to be right up there with well with the with the top passes and also your Hurts, your Jacksons, maybe depending on what his situation is. But but Justin Fields from being undrafted um, to quickly picked up and then a starting queue back in fantasy world uh, almost immediately. Charlie, back over to you, and let's stick with the theme of running backs, but let's just go for overall running back of the year. So I obviously went Travis Kelsey, uh, then Travis Etienne. So I'm going to follow that trend and go with Travis Homer for the Seahawks. (laughs) 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 Obviously, that's not happening. Um, I was undecided with this one. Uh, and I wanted to go down the route of just pure running back. Um, you've already mentioned him, Ash. Um, but for me, it's got to be Josh Jacobs. Um, just purely based on running. The guy, the fact that he was at the Raiders and the Raiders have, have struggled a bit this year. They've not quite lived up to expectations with uh, Devontae Adams going there. I think people expected them to make the playoffs at least. Um, but Josh Jacobs was not uh, somebody that people were looking at pre-draft. He wasn't somebody that had even registered on my radar at all. Um, and looking at, obviously, finished third overall, like you, you said, Ash, um, 30 points behind McCaffrey and... Uh, then 50 or just shy of 50 points behind Eckler. Um, the difference between them, though, you look at the, the rushing yards. So over the year, Jacobs has uh, 1,653 rushing yards. Compare that with Austin Eckler, who only has 915. Um, I know we've mentioned this before about the charges and the fact that Eckler was more involved in the the passing game, and and that's why he was scoring so well. Um, McCaffrey sort of does it all, um, but looking at the the reception, the receiving yards for those three. So Eckler seven hundred and twenty two, McCaffrey seven hundred and forty one, and then Josh Jacobs only four hundred receiving yards uh, over the year. So compared to those two, that's significantly lower. Uh, and then just the passes uh, themselves, he's caught less than half what Austin Eckler did. And bear in mind, we're in a PPR league. That's Austin Eckler's got 107 catches. Josh Jacobs, 53. That's 54 points difference just purely on catches made. So the fact that he's up there um, and those 50 points really would push him above Eckler. Um, so for me, Josh Jacobs, uh, on the ground this year, um, wins it for me in terms of running backs. A great call and, and really well justified, um, looking at it as well. So he's going to be a free agent this season at the end of this season. So where he ends up, um, I, I could imagine that he's, he's probably top 10. He's right up there with, with your top runners been drafted in fantasy next season, um, been put in the right situation. As you mentioned, McCaffrey moving to the 49ers, obviously a playoff team, and the Chargers as well, been a playoff team. 
So two very good teams that the others are on. Um, Raiders, yeah, not so much. But great call and great season from Josh Jacobs. Scully, let's finish it off with wide receiver of the year. I could be probably going for, like Tom's just mentioned here, with the amount of receptions that he's received, I could be going Austin Eckler as um, as my top receiver and he's definitely somebody that got me over the line and, and won me our fantasy league this season. So I owe a lot to him. But again, looking at wide receivers, I didn't want to go for kind of the obvious ones, uh, but I wanted to go for ones that have had exceptional seasons but have also been part of part of my roster and managed to win our fantasy league as well so a couple that, that I could that I could uh, choose from one was uh, St Brown unbelievable unbelievable player uh, he was a little bit in, injured earlier on in the season he had a couple of big games got an injury was coming back from that injury and then again was just unbelievable towards the end of the season um, but for me, it's, um, it's got to be the man that went to the Eagles in a in a big blockbuster uh, draft day trade uh, in AJ Brown. So again, somebody else that I picked up, exceptional season. Um, yeah, he's he's just been so explosive. He's he's given the Eagles some extra threat. He's just been uh, been unbelievable. So. I'd go for yeah, AJ Brown going into that new situation, proving just how good he is, proving to the Titans just how stupid they were to let him go. Yeah, good call. And, and looking back on our draft board as well, he was selected 28th overall by by Wellham. Um, and you could argue that obviously Hertz is, has been phenomenal. Sirianni's had a great second season as head coach. But that AJ Brown trade, getting another weapon and a, and a weapon of that quality as well, he could have made the difference in the way that Goddard, Devonta Smith have been able to step up just with defence has been distracted by AJ Brown. So, um, so yeah, absolutely great call and a good pick for the last one. And that's that. Do you agree with those awards? Let us know who you would have chosen or just who we've missed off the list completely. With a big weekend coming up and just one game away from the greatest show on turf. See you on the other side.